Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to a podcast from The Pool. Hi, I'm Viv Groskop, your pool agony aunt, and this is Waving Not Drowning, where I'll discuss how to combat your problems and solve your emotional issues. On this week's Dear Viv, when your darling daughter becomes a moody teenager, when double dating doesn't work out, and what happens when a work colleague invites you around for Mexican food and you hate Mexican food? Our first question this week. Dear Viv, my daughter has just turned 13 and in true Kevin and Perry style is starting to become a moody teenager. I'm dreading these upcoming tumultuous years, especially as I had a terrible relationship with my own mother at that age, which I'm terrified of replicating. I don't want to lose her. How can we stay close? Ah, Miss Patterson, finally a letter from Miss Patterson. Anyone who is a mother eventually becomes Miss Patterson. Fans of Kevin and Perry will remember that this is how Perry always addressed Kevin's mother, Miss Patterson. They will also remember that there was more than one lesson in Kevin and Perry. Yes, Kevin was a nightmare and hated everything and was an utter git to his parents. But Perry, as Kevin's friend, was curiously sweet and friendly to Kevin's parents, especially Miss Patterson. I've always thought that was a great message. Teenagers pretty much only horrible to their own family. Get them away from people with whom they don't share any DNA and they're all sweetness and light. So remember that. I'm impressed that your daughter has turned 13 and has only just started being moody. My nine-year-old girl is already behaving like she's in an episode of Gossip Girl, completely telling me that I smell and really, really not wanting me to be allowed to have a naked body because it's totally disgusting. So you've had a stay of execution, I would say. Uh, That said, I am not best qualified to answer this question because my eldest child is 11, so I haven't navigated teenagers yet myself, although I've seen many other people go through this. Like you, though, I have been preparing for a long time, and I think the best preparation is to listen to other parents. As long as you cast the net wide enough, and that's crucial, there are plenty of surprising stories out there. There are parents who will tell you that the teenage years were not as bad as they thought. They are the ones to listen to. By all means, listen to the horror stories too, because they're good cautionary tales. But remember, everyone loves a bit of drama, 
and everyone loves to play their role as the hero or the villain of the piece, you'll get better advice from people who don't embellish stories about the time when they came back after a weekend and there was vomit underneath the fruit in the fruit bowl. It's good that you're aware of the effect of your own teenage years on all this. That is really important. Um, I recommend reading up on this topic as it's something that's been written about a lot. Uh, Teenagers and Natural History by David Bainbridge is a brilliant anthropological take on this period of life by a vet who studies teenagers as if they were animals. It's it's really good. Uh, I guess in some cases they are animals, so it's pretty apt. Um, Also, Jill Hines' Whatever, a down-to-earth guide to parenting teenagers and teenagers what every parent needs to know. Maybe don't leave any of those books lying around, by the way, because your daughter will eat you for breakfast. As to the last bit of your question, how do we stay close? I would say beware of not wanting things to change. You have to let things change if they're going to. Resistance will just make it worse. You might stay close. You might drift apart for a bit. She might need to pull away from you for a while in order to come back to you even closer as she becomes an adult. Everything that happens is normal and every teenager and every family is different. I would say feel your way towards it slowly and with generosity towards your daughter and towards yourself. If she calls you a bitch and says that she hates you, I know this happens quite a lot, uh, respond neutrally and get the hell out of her way. It's nothing personal, Miss Patterson. Miss Patterson, no, it's nothing personal. Good luck. Our next question this week. Dear Viv, my friend had been nagging me to go on a double date with her, her boyfriend and my new boyfriend for ages. But when we accepted the invitation, we had a rubbish night. My boyfriend, who is normally outspoken and confident, was acting really shy and reserved, while my friend seemed to use it as an opportunity to showcase her boyfriend by touching him all the time and laughing loudly at his jokes. She keeps insisting that we need to do it again sometime, but we had such a crap time we definitely don't want to. I love hanging out with her on her own, but the four of us was a weird combination. How can I politely explain this to her? Hello, dear survivor of the rubbish night. Wow, I wish I'd been a fly on the wall at this double date from hell. It sounds hilarious for anyone not actually involved in it. Poor you. Uh, This is a real no-brainer of a question, though. Just don't go on a double date with him again. It's obvious that your boyfriend had a terrible time. So if nothing else, then do it for him and make sure you never put him in front of these people ever again. To be honest, I'm not sure why you're wavering here. Surely it's not a big deal. You have loads of options here. You can just keep prevaricating and saying, yeah, that sounds great, but never actually make any plans. Eventually she'll get the message. Or you can blame your boyfriend. He just wants to spend time together, the two of us. You know how it is sometimes. Or you can blame yourself. We hardly ever go out, just the two of us anymore, and I want to go on more dates with him. You understand, don't you? It's for situations like this that the white lie was invented. Please use it with my blessing. What I'm more worried about, actually, is why you're friends with this person and why you're so scared of offending her over something quite small. Just enjoy the friendship that you have. Because what you've experienced is very common. Just because you like your friend doesn't mean that double dating is going to be great. You're not the first and you won't be the last to learn this. But do make sure this is the last time your boyfriend has to put up with such a rubbish night. You don't need to politely explain anything to your friend. But you definitely need to protect your relationship from very bad ideas. 
and double dating in circumstances where it has already been proven to be a disaster is a very bad idea. Our last question this week. Dear Viv, I've been invited to a dinner party by a colleague at work. I'm still relatively new to the company, so was feeling great about the fact that someone wanted to socialise with me. Yay! Until she said it would be Mexican food. I am a notoriously fussy eater and have been this way since before I can remember. I don't have any allergies, but I stick to a fairly simple diet and just hate the idea of spices, vegetables other than broccoli, brackets, especially raw vegetables, or God forbid, anything with raw garlic in it. I'm not great at meat or fish, but can generally handle chicken and tuna. Before you say, I know it's ridiculous I've got to the age of 32 without going to some kind of specialist, but my real question is, should I turn her down after having initially said yes? I really want to make friends here and I know that often if someone asks once and you say no, that they won't ask again. I definitely don't want to divulge my embarrassing secret to her and for jokes about it to go around the office before they even know what my name is. Oh my God, raw garlic, call the cops. This is the sweetest problem ever. Hold the guacamole and no chilli burrito for me. This is a really tricky one, isn't it? I don't mean to make light of it. It sounds like you really don't want to budge and you really don't know what you would do in this situation, which makes me think that you already avoid socialising and eating with people wherever possible so that you can continue to follow your bland diet. I could be wrong about that, but I am getting that vibe. I really hope I'm wrong. This makes me really sad. It's sad enough that you've imposed all these dietary restrictions upon yourself, but it's even more sad that it's making you limit your social life. If I were a psychotherapist, which I am not, though most of the time I like to pretend that I am, it's probably illegal to do that, isn't it? Oh, well, never mind, we all do it. Uh, but if I were a psychotherapist, I would say that possibly part of your dietary restrictions is to do with not wanting to be sociable. Is that possible? Or at the very least, it's about issues of control. You don't want anyone else to control what's on your plate. Let's keep away from the cod psychology. Cod, would you eat that? It's not spicy. Sorry. Cod psychology aside, you want a practical answer. I think you're going to have to be honest with your colleague, even though I know it's the last thing you want. I think you should say, I would really, really love to come round for dinner, but I just wanted to let you know that I am really pathetic and wussy around spicy food. So please just serve whatever you would normally serve and I'll eat whatever I can, but don't be offended if I'm a bit weird about it. I think this is a normal thing to say and most people can understand that. We all know someone who always orders chicken korma. Actually, I am that person. Sometimes I'm adventurous and have an onion bhaji too, but usually it's too spicy for me to finish. The thing is, I really don't think that your problem is that embarrassing. Lots of people are unadventurous in their eating habits. The difference is they find ways around it. You need to learn how to do that, to go into situations where other people are eating food you wouldn't touch and find a way to handle that. Or you need to take a serious look at your eating habits. Are they really your preference? Or are they a way of handling situations that you want to avoid? Please go to the dinner party. 
even if you end up having to tell them that you're fasting because you're going under anaesthetic the next day. (laughs) But please also think about eating some raw garlic and or going to see someone, maybe a nutritionist, maybe a counsellor, and talk to them about all of this with an open mind. Your secret is not remotely embarrassing and it doesn't need to be secret. But if it's making you feel ashamed and it's limiting your social life, you do need to sort it out. Bon appétit. That's all for today. If you have a problem you'd like to submit, please send your email to dearviv at thepoolltd.com or tweet us at thepooluk. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon. And sign in to thepool.com where you can get more content specifically made by us for women like you. We hope we see you there. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.